Otherwise on SAFM. Good day to you, Mzanti. Welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Makuzen is the producer of the show and Derek Fordyce is our technical producer for today. Our contact details are 0892102010. Email otherwise at safm.co.za. Tweets at otherwise safm or at Shadow Twala. Now, Christina Watson is the CEO of Via Africa, and she's going to share with us on how digital learning transformed education at rural schools up at Nelspruit in Bumalanga in just a year. And then we speak to Maya Spectro, who's a vocalist and songwriter. She's performing tonight at the Young Blood uh, Gallery, and she tells us what to expect. Choreographer and dance for All Outreach Manager, uh, Hope Nongongo, will join me in the studio. The Dance for All's annual production, Kaleidoscope, is unfolding on stage as part of the Youth Day celebrations at the Artscape Theatre. And then finally, Penny Morris, who's the fundraising manager at the Market Theatre Foundation, talks to us about the Creative Arts Incubator Program, currently running and supported by the Department of Arts and Culture. First, our lunch bite for today, though, it's about satisfaction. Satisfaction with one's life is like being anointed with warm oil. It is so peaceful to read the words of someone who is content. Often we equate contentment and satisfaction with stagnation. They are anything but that. True satisfaction with one's life is an acceptance of what is, continuing to prepare for what can be, while letting go of what we thought needed to be. Satisfaction is an active place of quietude, a busy place of stillness. Satisfaction is a relief in living really felt by women who do too much. Satisfaction is a soul breathing, a sigh of relief. My child has been lost, taken from me at such a huge cost. Her babies lie here abandoned from her breast as we lay her body eternally to rest. I look at the children's future. There's work to do and I'm not too old. My words of love, talk and play will be their freedom someday. Love, play, talk. My child is a somebody. Visit mychildsa.mobi. This power swept across the country. This power fought against a language, Africa, a courageous and painful event. The police were shooting students. Just painful, doesn't easy. It created a unique identity and bringing new meaning to a hope for tomorrow. We have to take our country by our own hands and start developing it ourselves. Tune into our TV and radio stations on June 16 for the commemoration events. SAPC News. Otherwise, on SAFM. My guest is Christina Watson. She's the CEO of Via Africa. Welcome, Christine, and thank you for your time. Thank you for inviting me. Christine, everyone's talking about digital learning uh, as being, I suppose, a pipe dream uh, since, you know, government uh, spoke about it and, and was introducing it, especially in the Gauteng Education Department. Oh. What has been your findings as Via Africa? Um, well, Fire Africa decided about a year ago that we want to see how digital technology will improve realities in, in real rural areas of the country where children's not exposed to technology on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So we started with three centers in Limpopo, one in Pumalanga and three states in, in, in remote areas where we equipped the center with, with tablets and we, um, 
had digital content on the tablets, and then we started a training program for the learners and for the teachers that reached across um, a six-month to eight-month time period. Um, we try to go there every two weeks so that we can really engage with the actual learning process and facilitate the mindset shift from from the usual way of teaching to a digital way of teaching. And we had amazing results. Um, if, if, if one stat that, that I can quote here is when we started last year, um, across the three schools, only 17% of grade six learners reached the uh, minimum required level to be promoted to the next grade in mathematics. Mm-hmm. And after an intervention of about six months, um, that figure, that percentage increased to 51% that attained the, the necessary level to, to go to the next grade. Mm-hmm. And that's significant. We also measured that stat based on the external and our results, and, and it was repeated there. So um, we're quite excited about what can be done with technology. And, and, and what grades were we talking about? You're talking grade six here. What other grades? Did it spread across all the grades at the school? Yes, we we um, making use of grade R to grade six materials, and we have we only have 15 tablets in each of these schools, and we have a rotation system where the learners rotate through the digital center. So every child has an opportunity to work on the technology from grade R to grade six. Um, some work on on a specific math program, some work on literacy programs, and um, the, the, the way that the children has embraced specifically because tablet technology is is very user friendly. Um, you know, there's there's more barriers when you sit in front of a laptop or a computer, but a tablet you touch it, it responds. It's so easy to navigate through it. So the children, it took an hour or so to have a child in front of a tablet that's never seen it before, and, and they, they play it. They work it. They, um, we, for example, we have a system where a child can do uh, exam preparation. So it's a set of questions for a specific subject, and if they know they're going to write about a certain module in, say, geography, mm-hmm. they can test themselves on this app. So it's questions, answers, questions, answers, and when they're done, they get a percentage, and then they can go back and they can see what they did wrong and what the right answer was. And we've seen these children testing themselves on this app, not wanting to go because they just want to increase their score for mathematics. Now, tell me you will see a child that will keep on doing a math test just so that they can improve their scores and actually enjoying it. But with technology, you can do that. Now, would would this uh, apply the its significant improvement? Was it on mathematics only, or was it across all subjects across the board? Yeah, you see, um, we measured it in mathematics specifically because we feel that that's where the the, the most that's the most important need. But um, it also play off specifically on 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 literacy because the children engage with with. with subject content in English language, so they're exposed to, to hearing the language being spoken. So, you know, that has, a, that has an effect on, on all the other subjects as well. So, yes, we've seen an, in, an increase in, in performance in other subjects, specifically in the literacy rates as well. Now, was it, I know I'm trying to find your magic ingredient here and why you're successful and other schools, I suppose, have challenges. Was it about your, your training program specifically? You know, I think first of all, it was a very contained environment where we could really measure on a day-to-day basis what's effective and what's not. And it's the whole combination of having the right tools in the hands of the learners, ensuring that the teachers are equipped to construct a, a proper digital lesson because it's not, you know, just a teacher in the classroom finds it difficult to think outside of the box in terms of what do you do when you want to do a lesson in digital format. Um, so it's, it's, it's that um, make, assisting the teachers to make that mind shift and all of that through regular intervention and regular training. That's, 
you know, it's easy to have a center at a school with digital content and to say you're going to achieve, um, achieve results. I can't say that that can make any difference. It's just like a library, the material is just behind glass instead of um, printed on paper. But if you can facilitate a process where you, where you really assist teachers to start teaching in a digital, in, in a digital way, geography, have Google Maps, find your school on the maps, construct a lesson around that. It's a completely different way of thinking that engage learners in a, in a level that you can't engage in an ordinary classroom. So I think that that was the reason for the success. Mm. There's also been an issue of, of, of getting support from big business. I mean, you via Africa have come in and are supporting government in, 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 in introducing digital learning. Uh, do you think it depends mainly on, 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 on big business to, to intervene and, be, and form partnerships with government? Or can government do this themselves and, and learn from, from people like yourselves? I, think, I mean, government, we, we really work closely together with government and share all our learnings. But there's no way government can do it on their own. And, you know, ironically, $8.2 billion is spent on corporate social investment projects in South Africa. And the lion's share goes to, to digital education and educational, not digital education, educational initiatives. Um, and, and increasing in, in, in spending on educational initiatives has grown by 12% over the last few years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these initiatives... Um, the, the difficult part of it is that it's so it's not easy to have a system in place where there's full accountability, where there's proper reporting, where you can measure effects. And um, you know, I, it would be so ideal if raw corporates can get involved where mm-hmm. they when they get involved in education, in projects where you really can measure results, where you really can on a week to week basis pull a report and say this is where we were, this is where we now, so that it can make a difference, so that. Um, you know, there's, there's a significant effect, yes. Now, I know you're having uh, your one-year anniversary at, at, at uh, the school, the, the Digital Learning Center in, in, in Bumalanga, and you're having it this Thursday, which is tomorrow. How, yes. how would you encourage other people to participate, come and see you and maybe see your successes and adapt, uh, ad- adopt them to, to maybe other schools uh, around the province? Absolutely. We are in these three centres. Um, tomorrow in, in Suslazani. Um, we have one at Itimaleng in, in Redisburg and we have one in Tabanshu, um, in, close to Borkum and Limpopo. Um, people can phone us and we can arrange and we can take them there. We're there every second week so it's not, it, 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 it can quickly be arranged. And I think when people see this really rural area with a poor community that's not exposed to technology and you, and you walk in there and you see these kids working on these devices and I mean you can just as well sit in Rondebosch in a, in a private school it's the same type of learning that happens there and that's what's exciting So you are saying that digital learning can actually work and, and you know um, you know, as long as there's, there's monitoring I suppose, monitoring and evaluation of the project and proper training, proper training, constant engagement, taking people by the hand and assisting to make this mind shift. Then digital education can turn results around. Well, fantastic. It sounds, it sounds great. And I'm hoping that a lot of people will, will be in touch with you, Christina, uh, if, if anything, to learn from your training programs and, and you know, your operation at these digital, digital education centers. How do they find you? And they can go to our website, ViaAfrica, um, www.viaafrica, Africa with a K.com, and they'll find all the details there. 
Okay, fantastic. Congratulations, I must say, Christina. Thank and, you so and, much, Charlie. And, and hopefully we talk to you again next year when you mark your second anniversary, and hopefully you've, you've got more centers around the country. Absolutely. Is that is that Absolutely. on the is that on the cards? More centers. That on? is on the cards. We are we are talking to every possible entity that can assist us in and partner with us to establish these um, containers because we, we've seen it works and the more we do, um, the more children can benefit from it. So it's on the cards. Yes. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much, Christina. My pleasure. Thanks, Charlie. You take care. Bye-bye. You take care. Oh, wonderful. So do find them and uh, go to the Via Africa, Africa with a K, uh, website and, 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 and look at the projects. But it's, it's the digital education centers that they've opened firstly in Nelspruit and Pumalanga and uh, celebrating the one-year success tomorrow and be part of it if you can uh, when, you know, if, if you find an opportunity to be there. Vocalist and songwriter Maya Spector is joining us on the phone. She performs tonight at the Youngblood Gallery. But let, let's listen to her, her voice first. I could be singing along to that song, Maya. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Do you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. I didn't quite know what to expect because you've got such a a vast uh, background as far as your musical influences are concerned. What would you categorize, if at all, that song? It's not, it's not a jazz song. It's not a, a, a pop song. But where would you put it? Um, well, at this point, I think what I call what I do, acoustic soul. I think that's kind of the term I've come up with. Yeah, I know. Um, in between jazz, in between soul, in between a little bit of pop, you know, um, it's good to not be categorized, too. <laughs> it is great, because then you open yourself up to a wider audience. Yes, and, yes. And, But also very mature. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect a, a young girl like you to be... Oh, you, not, <laughs> so <young. laughs> not so young. Not young. Well, you know, I suppose you're young in the industry. Yes, yes, so very young in the industry, but... Uh, Old soul, maybe. <laughs> old soul, yes, I was going to say that, because you, your voice is, is very mature, and I suppose even your lyrics, you know, you are thinking, listening to that, your little song, that, you know, you, yeah. you, you, you what influenced the song itself? Um, what inspired the song, mm-hmm. is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, um, well, I try and write up inspirational music for people that are basically going through a hard time, and generally I write about... Um, experiences that I've had in my lows and just trying to make myself happy. And then my forte is writing on relationships. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that has made me a little bit of an older soul. <laughs> I know. But also the fact that you you you, you, you come from a, a, a musical family, don't you? I do. Um, my mother is um, a music teacher as well at the at this point, and she used to be an opera singer, so she's a retired opera singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have um, everyone in my family is one way she perform involved in the arts. Um, yeah, but not everyone's a musician, but involved in the arts in one way. In one way or another. I call myself yeah. a musician, and yet I don't sing. So I understand oh, exactly okay. what you mean. <laughs> uh, and and you, you've lived in, in various places around the world. Have you brought all those influences from Japan and, and, and America and, and Swaziland to, to, to your music? Um, I think they just play uh, an influential role in the way that I hear music, not so much in the way that I... Um, um, expressing music in my art form, but uh, I do definitely think they've had an impact on the way that I listen to music. And and your theatre experience does it also come through your music? 
Definitely. I think the musical theater experience that I have has made me a much better performer. Um, I think that um, people say that I am very interactive when I'm on stage. So well, I, I think that came from the years in the musical theater. Yeah, no, no, no. But tell us your experiences in the theater. Um, well, I have been acting in the theater since I was quite young. I did quite a few shows also when I lived in Durban at the Playhouse Theater and some theaters in Joburg as well, predominantly in musical theater, not so much dramatic arts or dramatic theater. Um, have appeared on stages in Grahamstown a few times in things like Man of La Mancha and then uh, My Fair Lady, those kind of things. So a very different uh, variety of musical theater. And then I also did a few years at AFTA, so I studied uh, drama there mm-hmm. as well. And what brings you to Cape Town? Well, um, I am kind of a nomad, so <laughs> the way that I grew up, you know, um, my father used to work for the U.S. Embassy, so we moved every four years to a different country, different city, and I've just kind of, that's how I live my life now. I think four years, five years in a place, I just tend to, move on to the next one. <laughs> well, because I don't the, know, it's kind of ingrained in me now. The reason I ask is because I, I think there's there's no there's more cultural um influence and content, I suppose, and experience in Johannesburg as as to Cape Town or what can you compare the two if 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 anything? Um I don't know, I just try and stay in a place for about four and five years and see what the city has to offer me. And I've kind of reached my five-year mark in Cape Town, and I'm kind of feeling maybe a move to Joburg wouldn't... Um, uh, uh, in terms of experience in the music industry in Joburg, I don't have a whole lot of experience there because I lived there when I was much younger. But okay. I have more experience... Uh, in the music industry in, in Durban and in Cape Town, and it's been really, really great for me in Cape Town so far. So I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do in the next six months or a year, but uh, Joburg is in for for the years to come, obviously. Okay, so you're performing tonight with Natasha Meister. Tell me about Natasha and, and your collaboration. Oh, yeah, um, the performance is actually tomorrow is night, tomorrow? So on the 11th, yeah, okay. on, on Thursday. Um Tasha Meister is an amazing guitarist, songwriter, and vocalist. Uh, she's from, yeah, I think she's the first person in, first female in Africa to be sponsored by Fender. So she's on top of her game. She's quite young still and so um, involved in so many different types of music, uh, especially blues and rock. Mm-hmm. So the two of us are going to collaborate on a gig at uh, the Young Blood Art Gallery on Bree Street tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both going to be doing a set of our own original music and some covers as well. So give a variety to the audience. And anyone we know in your band? Uh, um, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> probably they're, they're still very young and upcoming uh, musicians, but brilliant, brilliant guys, brilliant guys. If they check on my my page or the publicity for for the gig tonight, maybe they'll recognize the name. Which... Okay, we're battling with your line a bit, but thank you for joining okay. us, Maya, and and we look forward to your performance tomorrow. And you said uh, it's at the Young Blood uh, Gallery. And what time does it start? It starts at seven p.m. and the tickets are a hundred rand at the door. Okay, and how do people find? Do, do, do they have to book at all? 
Um, they can book. They can find me on my Facebook page, um, Maya Spectre, and they can just see the event there, and then it'll give them all the details for the booking information. Um, it's also quite easy to just come up to the door and get a ticket. Oh, fantastic. Sure. Enjoy tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank talking so to much. us. Okay. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My little song I wrote, well, if you are in Cape Town tomorrow at 7 p.m., be at the Young Blood Gallery, and that's when you will see a performance by Maya Spector and Natasha Meister. It promises to be something very easy, and I love the fact that it's easy to listen to. When we come back, Hope Nongongo, choreographer and Dance for All Outreach Manager, talks to us about the Dance for All's annual production kaleidoscope which is at Artscape Theatre. But before that, it is time for news headlines with Sir Utsile Sarko. Otherwise, on SAFM. I'm joined in the studio by choreographer and Dance for All Outreach Manager, Hope Nongwongo. Hope, thank you for coming into the studio, first of all. Thank you very much. And, and you know, whenever I hear that the choreographer is coming into my studio, I want to move the furniture <laughs> so that you start dancing for me. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. see that all the time. I, I know. I, I, I just know. want you to break into dance and go, ta-da, this is who I am. I wish the viewers could see me. I'm <laughs> dancing now. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you, Mamushka? Good, good, good. And thanks for joining me. It mm. Dance for All. Tell us about, just give us some background on what Dance for All is all about. Well, it Dance for All has been quite around for some time now. Mm. We started in 1991 mm. in Kukuletu with about 23 students. Mm. And I was the founder student at that time, starting with Bali. It was called Bali for All at that time. Okay. And uh, you can imagine now... in being introduced in this Bali world, of which it is a foreign world to us, because Bali, we thought that only it was only for white people. Mm. And the only thing I knew about Bali was when I see it on TV, these white people on point, wondering how are they really standing on point. <laughs> and Philip Boyd introduced us to, uh, Bali, to, to Bali. And I must say, starting uh, at that time, it was difficult for us because of the discipline, how the ballet your body should be. You know, Philip kept saying, tummy in, bottom in. And you're like, how can you do this? Tummy in, bottom in, bottom in at the same time. <laughs> and, and, and long necks, you must feel tall. And I'm like, how can we breathe if we're doing this? So for my first class, it was very difficult because I couldn't coordinate these things that he was saying to me, mm. and I couldn't breathe. Mm. And I was staying with my grand grandmother at that time. So I went to my grandmother at, uh, after the first class, and I said to my grandmother, I don't think I'm ever going back there again because <laughs> those people are going to kill us because we can't breathe there. <laughs> so my grandmother rest. Rest in peace. So he said, she said to me, no, you should go back again. Maybe this ballet thing will make you somebody mm. one day. And here I am, wow. some, being someone yes. really, you know. So that's how it started in, 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 in Kukuletu. And we really grew after that because there was a demand in our community that now they also wanted ballet uh, classes now in, in, in Nyanga, in Delft, in, um, in Kailicha. So, at that time, I was I was a voice to Philip Boyd. Philip Boyd was a, a, a K-pop uh, professional dancer at that mm -hmm. time. He was also dancing. So we were there as a voice for him because, you know, English uh, in the community. 
uh, we, I, I couldn't even speak English at that time as well, but I could hear English very well. So I was very forward as a child, and I would always go to a child while I was still dancing as well and say, Mlungu says you must point your feet, now it's translating that. So now Philip Boyd saw that potential in me that maybe I could be a leader as well. So that's how I grew with dance for all as well, being his uh, voice and teaching alongside him ballet, but it, it didn't only stop to ballet. Then Philip had to bring on board some people like Edmund Thwaites who was doing jazz. Mm. And and so we grew from ballet doing different styles of dance, of which we are doing today now. We're doing African dance, we're doing Spanish dance, we're doing contemporary dance. So yeah, it was a, a real great experience and I'm glad that I did that first class. So has the company grown over the years? How many people do you have? And how how far have you taken your dance as, as far as outside of the Western Cape, I suppose? Have mm. you taken your dances anywhere else to perform? Uh, we reach out to about 1,500 children. Mm-hmm. And we have have gone grown to only to the farm schools which are in Berrydale and Montague. Mm. And unfortunately, we haven't gone as, as far as that, hoping that one day we will be able to do that um, I would say, depending on funding. Mm. But that is the aim that we really want to... Who funds you now? Uh, the funders are Department of Arts and Culture, mm. City Council, uh, Lottery, and Department of uh, Cultural Affairs and Sport. Mm. Well. Mm. And, and, of course, uh, private donors as well. Okay. So how d- tell us about Kaleidoscope, because that's what's at the at the... Well, Kaleidoscope is going to be a bomb, a wonderful show, <laughs> because we've got about 80 children that will be performing on stage, and all of those kids are from different backgrounds, uh, different areas, Kukule to Delft, to all the venues that we teach at, and they are, their ages are from 6 years up to 22 mm-hmm. years, so you can imagine those pickininis mm-hmm. on stage. And I must say, Mamutwala, some of the kids that will be performing, it will be their first time on stage. Mm. So for us, meaning that we have reached a, 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 a place where really, a big place, so that these kids can really showcase their talent mm. as well. No matter how small it is, no matter one child goes from one corner to the other, that is a big step for them. And it's not only about about performing. We're teaching these skills as well, mm. how to behave when you go to a, 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 a performing art uh, venue because there are a lot of things that you really have to teach them. Mm. So it's not about performance. It's about for them as well to express their feelings as well, mm. you know, because we've got different characters in, in the... We've got little kids that are acting like sangomas. <laughs> so, you know, that acting has to be there. So really, it's going to be a wonderful show. People must come and see that the, uh, the show. And um, really, and also, we, 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 we're really teaching kids to become young professionals mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. to know that not only can you be a teacher that we know of, that mm-hmm. is very common, or mm-hmm. a nurse, a dance can be a career for yourself as well. So that's what we're teaching these kids. Well, I know it's interesting that you say that because I, I heard somewhere, and I think I read it somewhere, that in the future, 
machines will be doing all the skilled work mm. that we need to do, but we need creativity. So when our children can dance or be creative, I suppose yes. that those careers will still be required. Mm. But now tell me what happens to the children after uh, when they graduate, and, and I, I don't know when they graduate, but after graduation, what, what, what do they do? Are they taken into different companies? Yes. Uh, it takes, uh, they say it takes 12 years to train a dancer, of which I think it's more than that. Like mm. it, in, in, in any human being, you learn until you die. Mm. Um, from the age of six years old up to uh, metric, we take in those kids and then we have a program called Bridging Program. Okay. So that, that program is catered for children that are coming from metric mm. and then they will be with us for a, the whole year. Those are the kids that are really talented that you can see that they can go further with their, 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 their dancing. Mm. So we train them for a year just to train them how to behave when you are in a prof- professional company. And then after that, we, we take... Some of the kids, we take them to um, auditions, like there was an audition at, at Arts Cape, at uh, Jazz Art, of which maybe they will get through and go there. So we really give them uh, a platform where they can explore where mm-hmm. they want to go, but we mm-hmm. don't hold anyone back to say, okay. this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's up to them. And then we, they also go to Kappa. Cape uh, Performing Arts mm. in, 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 in Tukai, uh, which is um, the lady um, for her name now, and she gives passages to those kids. So we have about now, I would say, six kids that are with, uh, with the Kappa company mm. now, mm. which are feathering their, their, their dance studies. Mm. So if anyone is listening now and wants to assist you as Dance for All, um, in whatever ways they can, what do they have to do? Well, they really have to um, get to our website, and there is a way where someone can really uh, donate mm. whatever they can. We ex- we 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 really expect. Um, any any kind of donation, whether it's two cents, because two cents and five cents will go a long way. Yes. They can go to our web, our website is www.danceforall.co.za. They are they will get every any information. There. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us about Kaleidoscope. When yes. does it start? It's at Artscape Theatre and uh, involves a lot of dance styles, ballet, jazz. Uh, flamenco. Yes. And <laughs> so, so what, 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 where do we go to book tickets and when does it start? Uh, the show starts on Saturday, the, the 13th, at 8, 8 o'clock, and on Sunday as well at uh, 3 o'clock, Tuesday, the 16th, June 16th, at 3 o'clock. The tickets are 100 rand mm-hmm. per person, but on June 16th, the 16th, we have half the price, which is 50 rand. Mm. So there is no excuse not anyone <laughs> to go on that day. <laughs> the tickets are available at CompuTicket. And I think they can get tickets as well if they can't um, maybe be able to buy as well at the CompuTicket. They can get tickets at the, at door. the door, yes. Are you dancing? Unfortunately not. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> Why? Have you stopped dancing? I've stopped dancing now. I'm focusing only on teaching now because that is where my love is. I love children. I love teaching. I love to see the growth, taking a, a child from knowing nothing mm. up to where at least they know something. So I'm not, a, I'm not yet a dancer. I would love to. <laughs> Hope no more. Thank you so much and congratulations on the work you do. And thank mm. you for coming in to join us. And mm. I hope you have a full house. Definitely. Please, people, go buy tickets. You will never regret it.
Do you have a phone number for Artscape? No, they can find it in the book. Actually. Yes, yes. Find it in the book. Thank you so much for When we come back, the Creative Arts Incubator Program and Perry Morris, fundraising manager at the Market Theatre Foundation, talks to us about that. Otherwise, on SAFM. The Department of Arts and Culture is supporting a series of incubation programs designed to boost the level of fresh young talent in the theatre industry and see more local content brought to the stage. Joining us now to tell us more about the Creative Arts Incubator Program, Penny Morris, who is the fundraising manager at the Market Theatre Foundation. Hello, Penny. Hi, Shadow. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? Fine, thanks. I always get excited when I hear about, you know, creative arts incubated programs because I think for some reason or other, I think more attention is being paid to the arts recently more than in the past years. Yes, I think you're right. And certainly in the case of upskilling people, Mm, which mm. is important, um, you know, I think there are a lot of practitioners and particularly with this arts incubation program, They've, they've got a certain level, but they need the, the step up to go to another level, and that's what this incubation pro- program will do. Well, tell us, can you give us an outline of it, please? Well, the market here has been given, it's, it's one of the six cultural institutions, and all of them have been given a certain amount of money to um, carry out this program. So we'll be doing it, and in conjunction with us, Wendy Brow will also be doing one. Uh, the market theatre one is going to have three different angles to it. One will be training up young photographers. The other one will be producing one play um, and, and of local content, a new play. And the third uh, element will be uh, reaching out to community theatre um, groups. Mm-hmm. So those will be the three elements, whereas the Windy Brow will, will simply develop three new plays of local content with the assistance of the market theatre. So now, we'll be helping them in that. Now, would, would these, let's break them down a bit. The, the young photographers, would they have had, uh, is there need for them to have had previous experience? Yes. Okay, so yeah. it, it is really about upscaling. two years of practical experience before mm-hmm. they enter the program. And so is all the other disciplines in the, the play in the community theatre. Yes, they've all got to, they can't be straight out of drama school. You know, they've, they've got to have had some experience because that's the, the level that, that DAC is pitching it at is some people who have some experience but need a bit more. Okay. It's, it's not people straight, uh, you know, the, this is their first, um, foray into the arts. Okay. And when do these, are these programs underway at the moment? Are you still calling out for, for people to register? No, they haven't started yet because we've been waiting for, the, um, memorandum, uh, the memorandum of understanding to be uh, signed. We've only got a letter of commitment at this stage, so they haven't really um, gone into full swing. I think people are, are already being identified, but they haven't been finalised, no. Okay, and when, um, when do we hope the, the call-out is going to be? Well, I think we've got a launch at the Market Theatre on Friday all, all morning, mm-hmm. and anybody is free to come to that and to hear more about the three programmes that we're doing. And I would imagine that after that, fairly shortly, we'll get the MOU and then they'll start being rolled out. And at that stage, we will, well, in fact, I suppose from next week, we'll almost be starting to look at people to come into the programs. And, and do you know how long these programs are going to run for? Um, well, the photography one is going to run almost for a year, for mm-hmm. the 10, and there will be 10 photographers that will be going into that one. Okay. And that will take place over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the play, um, the, the new productions, they will probably have a lifespan of about four months. 
um, from, you know, starting the play, doing the rehearsal, getting all the the incubatees in place and then finding mentors because everybody will have to have a mentor. So in the, t- in the case of a play, it will be the director will be mentored, the lighting designer, the set designer, the costume designer, everybody will have a mentee mm-hmm. or a mentor rather. Yes. yes. Um, so in, the whole play will be an incubation, but that will only take about four months until it comes to the stage. And the same with the three that Windy Brow will be doing during the year. The uh, community theatre developer program works on a different basis in that at the moment um, the market is watching showcases of, of groups and they will choose in the next coming weeks 10 plays that will be, that will go forward in this program. And the first step of that is that the, di- the directors and the writers will go into a boot camp, um, which will last for a week where mm-hmm. they will be um, you know, being given lectures on design, on admin, on producing, on directing, on writing. And that will be a week process. Thereafter, there will be, um, each group will be assigned a field worker, and they will work with the group to develop the play that's already in existence and to take it further. And the final um, stage of that will be this Wakala Festival where all ten players will perform the best one that is judged at that festival will then get a chance to perform at the Market Theatre next year. This is all very exciting, Penny, I think. You know, it is. It is, because we, we're developing already existing artists, and mm. hopefully then from there on, they, they, on their own, they can fly and, and mm. work in anywhere in the world. This, is this the first of its kind, or is, has it been ongoing? No, I think this is the first initiative that um, that we've heard of anyway that DAC has taken. So mm. we, we're very appreciative that they've given us this opportunity and all the other cultural institutions as well. You know, it's not just the market and the Windy Brow. It's the State Theatre, Packoff, Playhouse and Artscape. Wonderful, wonderful. So all of us are, are being given a set amount of money to, to work. And also they've committed to a three-year program. Mm. So next year there'll be a whole new batch of people coming in and the following year. So it's not just limited to one year. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Mm. Penny, thank you for talking to us. And the people can find more information on your website, right? Yes, they can, or they can ring the market theatre and they'll be put through to the, the relevant unit, um, whichever one they're interested in. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Penny. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. That's Penny Morris, Fundraising Manager at the Market Theatre Foundation. And you may call the Market Theatre uh, to get more information or, or maybe visit their website. But as you, as you heard, there's still a memorandum of understanding to be signed. But I think uh, systems are in place already to just run with it. Well, that brings us time for to, yeah, no, it's time for Nalibali.